you know, driving without financial clarity uh, with your business is like driving your car without headlights on a, on a dark night. You know, you can go along for a little ways without a, the headlights, but eventually you're going to find yourself in a ditch. Don't ignore your financial dashboard for too long. Um, that rule is, is critical in this situation. Welcome to Clearing Obstacles, the podcast for leaders and those that want to be. You know, it can be a lonely journey when you find yourself confronted by challenges in business. So get ready to take a journey with me as together we'll hear the stories of real-life business owners and begin to unpack some common business challenges from real-life situations in a way that's both relatable and actionable for you. We bring to bear decades of entrepreneurial and coaching experience and a full toolbox of resources as we introduce you to those professionals who, like yourself, are working hard to build a healthy business and a healthy team, but then we'll also share the way out of those struggles by clearing the obstacles at their origins, helping you get there from here. So welcome to the Clearing Obstacles podcast. We've got kind of a different format today. Normally our format has uh, guests and we interview them and, and unpack the frustrations of business owners and business leaders. Today, however, there is a different purpose and a different structure to this episode. Um, so let's let's say you own a business uh, or you're a, a leader in someone else's and uh, the responsibilities fall to you to a large degree. And, you know, the business is doing okay. You're keeping your head above water, but growth has maybe stagnated. Or maybe maybe you aren't actually doing okay. And if you can't get it together, you see your run as an entrepreneur going for on maybe another 12 months at best before, you know, you have to close the doors if things don't improve quickly. Or, heck, who knows, maybe even your business is actually thriving. Um, but you know it's only because you're the one who's doing all the work and, and you're wearing yourself ragged. So if any of these situations sound vaguely familiar, you know that something has to change. And if you're competent and in many cases lucky, you have a good idea of what that is that needs to change. So let's let's go with that. Let's say maybe it's a more robust and cohesive marketing strategy to get more revenue. Or, I don't know, maybe you need to update your equipment and tools or your software to be more efficient and to better serve your customers. Or, or maybe even you know you're going to need to hire more help for you and your team for any variety of reasons, including even just to give yourself more room and more time away from the business. So every one of these situations have, has one thing in common, and it's upstream from most of the issues that are presenting themselves as your problems or their related solutions, and it's financial clarity. Now, if you don't have a reliable mechanism and a consistent system to make informed and strategic decisions related to your finance, then you're going to find yourself stuck. You won't even know if you can afford the kinds of remedies that I just mentioned. Hell, you may even you may even not have a beat on what the actual problem is in the first place, much less how to solve it. And this, by the way, is one of the reasons we started the Clear Obstacles podcast is to help identify the real problems behind those frustrations. You know, so you don't just throw resources at the symptoms without solving the root causes. And this is what we're getting at today. One of the main tools that you need is something called a financial dashboard. You heard me reference that in both episodes one with Chelsea, and then again in episode two, we mentioned it with Andrew. And uh, that's where we're headed today. So uh, uh, let me let me back up one step here. Clearly, there are some important disciplines that are going to come right before this and certainly come after this. 
But let's take this independent discipline here right on its own for now, okay? So what does a financial dashboard represent and what function does it serve? Okay, well, I like to make this analogy, compare it to, and, and you probably heard me uh, give this analogy on, on the previous episode. Consider a financial dashboard not unlike the dashboard on your car, right? And at any given moment, there are thousands of things happening under the under the the hood of your car. And all of them related or important to the health of your vehicle and the safety of your vehicle and you and your family riding in it. So it's really important that you know what's going on there. Now, if you were to be attuned into everything going on under the hood, you'd just be buried in data. And that's obviously not useful. So you have this thing right in front of you called a dashboard. And that has just the most critical metrics that you need to understand about what's going on under the hood, right? You've got your speedometer, your tachometer for RPMs. You've got your fuel gauge, hopefully some warning lights for check engine or tire pressure, whatever. So you've got these maybe, I don't know, 15 to 20 different things that you can see at any given time about the health and safety of your car. A financial dashboard serves the same purpose. You know, if you were to, to regularly review every element of every bit of data related to your financial performance for your company, my God, you'd, you'd never be able to run the company, much less have any free time outside of it. And so a financial dashboard serves kind of as the same function. It gives you uh, uh, the ability to see at a glance um, what's going on in the business. So here's the thing. All of this is great in theory, but how do I go about building one of my own? You ask, well, I'm glad you asked today. I'm going to walk you through the fundamentals and provide you with a basic template that you can use to create your own financial dashboard. All right, you ready? So I'm going to try and present this content in such a way that you can simply listen if you're on a treadmill or ride, driving in your car or whatever, uh, that you'll be able to glean the most salient and, and uh, elemental parts of this topic. But if you go to clearingobstacles.com, you can download a free template that I'll be referencing today. Feel free to do that before, during, or after as it's convenient for you. Now, I happen to be a visual learner. So if you're like me, it would benefit you to have it in front of you while I'm describing the process of putting it together uh, on your own and what each element represents. But you know, please don't do that while you're driving. I have had clients invest stupid amounts of money in software that will extract the data from your QuickBooks. QuickBooks actually has one. Uh, other financial software applications have some version of dashboard. Most of them do. And, and again, there are some kind of uh, aftermarket things that will extract that data and then give you a, a visual dashboard with charts and graphs and pie charts and all kinds of cool stuff. And those are great. I'm not knocking those. But at the end of the day, those are only as useful as one, the data that's going in, and two, how often you use that information and what you do with it. So don't, don't be one of those one of those people who goes and, and pays stupid money for these great slick dashboard applications if the data going into it sucks and you don't have a, a sincere commitment to reviewing it regularly. You're going to be throwing away more, more good money after a of a bad situation. So um, as far as I'm concerned, the best tool available to you is obviously if your software has a customizable version of what you can um, uh, 
what you're going to need to build that dashboard, by all means, my gosh, you've already got the software. The data is already in there. Use it, please. That's the, the, the simplest, easiest solution. And hopefully it's customizable. Now, if it's not, even if it is, if you want it in a different format, I just think plain old Excel spreadsheet works great. Google Sheets, Excel, Apple Numbers, any of those tools that you use, they just provide that typical rows and columns matrix interface. And most people just kind of understand that. So uh, that's that's what I typically advocate for. Um, and frankly, a lot of those dashboards uh, will only bring in data from an Excel spreadsheet. So you're pretty much going to have to uh, embrace this as a format, no matter, almost no matter what you do. So today we'll be using a, um, as an example, just a regular spreadsheet. So what goes on that spreadsheet? What goes on your financial dashboard? Number of different things. If you were to guess, you'd probably be right. The very first thing that almost every business owner is going to be looking at is their revenue. What did I make? What did we earn? How much money came in? And, uh, you're spot on with that. That's probably the first and most important thing that should be on there. This is, remember, an at-a-glance. Uh, you could see that on your P&L or your income statement, same thing. You could see that on those reports, of course. But again, it's in there with probably hundreds, if not thousands of other uh, cells of data. So um, on this financial dashboard, first thing you want to put down is revenue. Now, a lot of businesses in the example that I give uh, uh, that's available to download, this was kind of born out of a client, we'll call him Scott. Um, uh, he's a, a real client, has a, a heating, ventilation, air conditioning, or HVAC business that uh, does pretty well. And uh, in putting together a financial dashboard for him, what became very apparent is it was important to see the different places that his revenue came from. So the different revenue centers is a term a lot of people use for that. So for him, installations is one source of the revenue and service is the other source of revenue for his company. Those are the two main ones and, and maybe even exclusively. So on his dashboard, we broke that out, two different kinds of revenue. And then of course, the total of what that is or the subtotal of what those two different revenue centers are. So that's the first one. And you know, if you're looking at the spreadsheet, there's a column for every month. You, know, you could break this down more by week if you have that kind of a business that could benefit from that level of granularity. But again, remember the fundamental piece of a financial dashboard. We want to keep it simple. We want to keep it basic enough. If you ever need a deep dive on the data that you would see in your financial dashboard, great. Go into your software and do a deep dive. Go and dig into what's actually going on there. But this is for a more an at-a-glance, easily accessible, easily shareable with other people on your team if, if uh, that's appropriate. Um, so don't go too deep on that. In, so in this case, we're just breaking down that revenue into the different revenue centers for the business. All right, what's next? Sort of models like a like a P&L. Right below that is the cost of goods or the cost of service in, um, in some businesses. And we want those to match. If we have broken up our revenue into different revenue centers, we want those to match those different revenue centers. So in his case, again, installations, cost of goods sold and service cost of goods sold. Okay, is this making sense? So you've got two sections so far. You wanna see your revenue, you wanna see your cost of goods. If it's appropriate to break those down for a little bit more granularity, you should absolutely do that. That's gonna give you a kind of high level picture. All right, what's what's next? Um, in, his, in this example that we give, what's the gross profit for that? 
Now, the gross profit, of course, is simple math. It's your revenue minus your cost of goods or your cost of service. That's your gross profit. It's just that simple equation. Revenue minus the cost of goods sold. Okay, and that's going to give you your gross profit. Again, this number, this is an at-a-glance number. We don't need to dig too deep here, but it's, it's a simple way to start tracking that. Pretty easy so far, right? These are the main things. What I usually advise is, as you're, as you're building this list of what goes on a financial dashboard, I usually just ask my clients, when you're looking at your financials, your P&L and your balance sheet specifically, what are the main, where do your eyes go first? What are you looking for first? Well, of course, again, it's gross revenue. Um, maybe cost of goods, maybe um, gross profit. Those are the three we just identified. For most, then they're going to look at total expenses because they've seen everything they've made so far. And then what did we spend? So we want to look at total expenses. That happens to be the next line on this example as well. Total expenses for the month. And then net profit. Again, if, you, if, you, if you're paying attention here, we're really kind of tracking the logical sequence of an income statement or a P&L. That bottom line, net profit, that's always a biggie. Those are the main ones that people will think of first when they're thinking of a financial dashboard, the most important metrics. And I, I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't have all of those on any dashboard, okay? Um, after that, so we've gotten all the way down to net profit. Uh, a really important element would be net profit margin, right? Net profit margin is, is just a calculation. It's the net profit divided by your gross revenue. So if I sold $100 worth of widgets and what ends up in my bank account at the end of the month is $23, I have a 23% net margin, net profit margin. Okay, you can calculate that as a gross profit margin, which is way up there before your overhead on a P&L, but that might or might not be useful to you. Feel free to put that on there if you think it's gonna be useful to you. So a net profit margin, uh, you'll want that. Again, it's a calculation. By using a spreadsheet here, as you'll see in the example, really simple to do the math. It does it for you. You just plug in the formula. I've included some of those formulas on this template as well. So feel free to um, expound upon those as they're appropriate. After that, now we're getting into maybe business-specific, industry-specific metrics, uh, maybe things that just have, have proven uh, strategically for you, financially for you, to be maybe really beneficial, um, something that's very profitable, something that you really rely upon, again, just because of your business or your brand or your industry. So uh, most people, uh, most businesses, they need to know their cash position. Like am I liquid? How much cash do I have available at this time? And again, you always want to choose a specific date. So, you know, for each of these columns on this example, we've got January through December listed. A good rule of thumb is going to be, okay, probably as of, you know, the very last day of the month, as of January 31st, what these are the numbers that we're looking at. And you want to keep that date consistent for obvious reasons. We want to be comparing apples to apples whenever possible. So I know that sounds like pretty obvious, but for a lot of folks, you know, maybe that room is squishy. No, it's not. You want there to be a, a very consistent um, day of the month that you're that you're evaluating this. So just take the last day of the month, most common. I can't think of any exceptions to that, but there may be some. So your cash position is the next one. Now, think about this for a second. Thus far, we've been looking at your profit and loss or your income statement. That cash position, that's a different report, isn't it? You got to go to your balance sheet for that because it's an asset 
assets and liabilities and equity or what go on your balance sheet. Uh, again, like I said, a lot of stuff comes before this financial dashboard. So if you need clarity on that, that's another episode. Um, uh, look up the terms. I'll try and include some of those uh, as an additional resource. But your cash position, you'll find that balance, of course, on your balance sheet. What else? Current ratio. All right, this one's a little bit different. Uh, a current ratio uh, also comes from your balance sheet, but it is also an equation, kind of like your profit margins, where it's just a, it's just math. It's a, it's a division problem. Your current ratio is the same. What we're looking at with a current ratio, and it's, a, it's a, a common term for financial reports. That's your current assets divided by your current liabilities. Now, what are current assets versus current liabilities? Again, let's not go too deep on terminology here, but it's any asset is a current asset that you expect to uh, use up over the next 12 months. So nothing nothing too extraordinary there other than to say it's not a long-term investment vehicle of some kind. So it's not a five-year CD, right? So it's current assets. It's something you could have access to within 12 months. Divided by your current liabilities, which again, as the name implies, all of your liabilities that you expect to have to pay over the next 12 months. So this gets a little bit funny here, and, and we won't go into the weeds on this, but if you've got a five-year uh, note on something, you're, you're paying down a, a vehicle for the next five years, for example, you need to take the next one-year portion of what those payments are. That's the current liability for that auto loan. It's the current portion of even a long-term loan. So what are you going to be spending over the next 12 months? Again, try and stay out of the weeds on this, but that current ratio is relevant. Why? Think of that as a current ratio. Uh, what do I have available to me versus what are my liabilities, my assets divided by, li by my liabilities? You want that to be a positive number. If you have higher current assets and you have in current liabilities, good news. You probably have enough available assets to cover those liabilities, that debt or, or those obligations. If it's a negative number, not so good, right? You're in a, you're in a difficult cash position for the next 12 months because you might not be able to service that debt or service those liabilities. Okay, we'll keep this uh, a little bit simple here. So that's a current ratio, always a really useful one to have on a financial dashboard. The next one I really like is, now we're starting to get a little bit creative here because they're not things that are immediately apparent. And when you look at your P&L, one of the biggest numbers you're ever going to see on there is going to be payroll. Um, and for obvious reasons, payroll is just consistently one of the most expensive parts of running a business. And um, if you've got employees, you have payroll, congratulations. Thank you for employing folks. Now, payroll, however, that hard number, just the raw number itself, is limited in its usefulness because there's no context to it. You may have a really, really busy month where you had a lot of overtime, and so your payroll numbers are high. But the next month, the payroll numbers might be low, and you might think, oh, great. Well, they were low because you didn't have a need to have all of those people employed for those hours. So just the number by itself might not necessarily be useful. Rather, if we can compare that to something, it's going to be a little more useful. So I, I like to include on there what's known as a payroll effectiveness ratio or payroll to revenue ratio is another way some people will call that. I, I like a payroll effectiveness ratio because it's really describing what it is. That is your total payroll expense divided by your total gross revenue. Right? So if you made $100,000 in the month of January and your payroll was 
you know, $50,000, your payroll effectiveness ratio is 50%. That means 50%, half of everything you made in gross revenue went out in payroll. Now, if you see that number go up or down over, over, over time, that's going to tell you something. What's going to tell you? It's going to tell you that you're, you are, or are you are not using your labor efficiently. And so watching that number is obviously really useful, right? On a financial dashboard. Okay. What else goes on there? Something like your receivables counts receivable. If you recall, when we talked with Chelsea in episode one, one of the, the issues they have is she referred to it as collections. It's receivables that are, um, are not getting paid. So somebody else is sitting on your money. You've done the work you're waiting for, uh, them to pay and it's just sitting out there. So obviously really, really important for cash flow and, um, for relationships of profitability, uh, relationships with customers. There's a lot involved in that. So accounts receivable is something that absolutely has a place on a financial dashboard. I'd advocate for that all the time. I mean, unless you're a point of sale business and you just don't have any receivables, plenty of businesses out there like that. But if you have them put it on your, on your dashboard, on the other side of that accounts receivable is accounts payable. That is to say, what debts do you have that you haven't paid those bills yet? It's good to know what those are. Sometimes, uh, you know, in cash flow crunch, or maybe you, or, uh, your vendors offer you terms and, and you don't have to pay uh, at the point of sale, they give you 30 days, 45 days, 90 days, whatever, whatever you owe. So those accounts payable, that's a good thing to have on your financial dashboard. You're, uh, it's a, a window into what you're on the hook for. Um, other ones like uh, maybe a line of credit balance, right? Maybe you've got, um, you took out a line of credit and that fluctuates month over month. Sometimes you got to take a little bit out to meet payroll or buy a new piece of equipment or something. And so whatever that line of credit balance is, it's, it's useful to see that go up or down so you can manage it effectively. So remember what we're using this financial dashboard for. We need to be able to make informed decisions on a regular basis quickly. And so you need to have a, a, a kind of high level familiarity with everything going on in your financials without doing a deep dive anytime you just need some simple information. Okay, so that line of credit balance again, might be a really thing to have on there. You're trying to make a decision on the fly. What might you need to know? Well, if I need to know I'm going to have to access this line of credit, you could log into your bank uh, and see what's available there, if that's an option. Or you can, could look at the previous month's financial dashboard, which you should probably have pretty easily accessible all the time anyway. Great. So, so far, what we've talked about are uh, many of the Many of the items that should go on a financial dashboard, as well as what what their purpose is, why it would why it would belong on there. What we haven't talked about is what does not go on there. What are you trying to exclude from your financial dashboard? Well, first, anything that's going to overcomplicate the purpose of this tool. Remember, it's to serve as an at a glance dashboard for the financial condition of your business. So, anything that's overcomplicated. Um, what might some examples of that be? Oh my gosh, uh, contract terms, um, specific individuals, uh, payroll, maybe, um, you know, if you're start, if, if you're not keeping it high level, it's no longer a dashboard. You can find that stuff on other reports. We want to keep this simple. So that's what doesn't go on there. What else? Um, anything that's not financial specific doesn't belong on your financial dashboard. Sounds pretty obvious, right? But, but 
you'd be amazed. You, you'll have an inclination to put all kinds of other things on there. Uh, there may be other kinds of metrics that you want to track for your business that relate to other disciplines, maybe like marketing metrics or sales conversion rates. Those are two really big ones, right? But if anybody who's a numbers geek about those kinds of disciplines, well, those are important, but are they financial in nature? Of course, they're tangentially related to that. They generate the revenue, but that's a different discipline. Those are those usually won't go on your financial dashboard. Feel free to put them on another dashboard, right? And and there are all kinds of ways we refer to that: performance indicators, um, uh, key strategic indicators, KPIs, KSIs, OKRs, uh, which are objectives and key results. Uh, I had a <laughs> incidentally, I had a client one time ask that we stop using so many TLAs, and I didn't know what he meant, and so he said three-letter acronyms, fool. Um, anyway fun story there. So that's what does not go on your financial dashboard. Anything that's not financial related, if they're key metrics, important, other important numbers or, or indicators that you're watching out for, my God, please, yes, track those, but keep this specific in its purpose, uh, which is financial. Okay. So that's what doesn't go on there. Uh, if anybody thinks of other things, by all means, please email me, let me know. I'll include this in, in future conversations, but in my experience, those are the main things that, that may clutter up the purpose of a financial dashboard. Now, now that you've got some, some basic bones for this, it's great. Uh, if I had a dollar, however, for every single time somebody built this thing and then let it rot on a shelf somewhere, oh my gosh, I, I would be retired on a beach somewhere. Um, so what do you do with this? Now that you have a version uh, for you, a version for yourself that you... Um, that you find useful, it's got everything you need. Somebody has to populate the data on this. Now, again, if you're using financial software, you can probably um, rely on that to generate your dashboard for you, assuming you have a bookkeeper or somebody to keep that data current. So that's the first option. But otherwise, you need to make sure that the, the spreadsheet, if that's what you're using, is being populated with reliable and accurate data in a timely manner. What I like to do is just say right now, pull out your calendar and pick a date. Maybe it's the 10th of every month. You uh, populate this data and review it um, for the previous month. Maybe it's the 10th of, maybe it's the second Friday, but you pick a date and a time that works for you. And seriously, you schedule an appointment. If this involves other people, your bookkeeper, your controller, if you have other people available to you, that uh, are financially related in your business, by all means, include them, invite them to that meeting. If it's just you and you, then my God, you'd better sit down and have this meeting with yourself. Don't let something else supersede it. If it does, make sure you substitute, don't cancel it. But you have to keep this thing up to date. Um, you know, driving without financial clarity uh, with your business is like driving your car without headlights on a on a dark night. You know, you can go along for a little ways without a, the headlights, but eventually you're going to find yourself in a ditch. Don't ignore your financial dashboard for too long. Um, that rule is, is critical in this situation. So um, keep the financial dashboard available to you and um, schedule something in your calendar so that you can, you can consistently review the numbers and it stays current. All right. Some other ways that you can augment this charts and graphs. Very simple. If you're, if you have any skill at all at Excel, you can, you can just drag, through some of the data and develop and, um, or pardon me, insert a chart or a graph 
so that you can see that data. I really find those useful because again, what's this thing? It's an at-a-glance way to see patterns, to see what's happening over time. It's one thing I've not talked about is, is the patterns by seeing a month over month. And, and like I said, maybe, maybe you're a little bit more detailed. Maybe it's a, a weekly financial dashboard. That's fine. But if, if it's an at-a-glance thing, you get to see historical patterns. You get to see the little line on that chart go up and down and up and down. And you can see it maybe even relative to other lines that go up or down. Um, visual representations, why charts and graphs and, and pie charts and everything exist is because it gives us a way to visually process uh, quantities, volume of things. Okay. So hopefully this episode has been useful. I tried to keep it under a half hour today. Whew, I think we met that goal. Um, uh, obviously there's a lot that's being left out of this. Again, trying to keep this simple, trying to just address the idea of a financial dashboard by seeing these patterns, by, by eliminating the friction that is inherently present in the discipline of finance, uh, the obstacles, the frustrations, the challenge, the overwhelm that can exist with finance as a, as a general discipline by trying to keep it as simple as possible and eliminate that friction. Chances are much greater that you're not going to avoid this subject. You're not going to avoid the topic. Um, you know, in, in my coaching practice, a lot of the time, what I'm talking about is your relationship to things, maybe your relationship to yourself, to your business, to, uh, to your employees. Sometimes it's things that are, you know, inanimate objects, they're, they're concepts as much as anything and, and your relationship to finance. Um, that's a big one. People have funny relationships to money. And if you can keep that friction, if you can keep this tidy and convenient and, and, eliminate as much as the, of that friction as possible, your chances are much greater that you're going to attend to the financial condition of your business. And look, you'll just be able to make more informed decisions on a regular basis and not find yourself stuck um, or, or, you know, like a deer in the headlights when it comes time to make important decisions because you'll have your finger on the pulse of what's actually going on under the hood. And that's what's important. That's one of the ways that uh, you can have the information needed and available to you to clear the obstacles in your business so that your business can serve your life. Because at the end of the day, that's what this is about, isn't it? I'd like to thank you for listening today. And don't forget to go to clearingobstacles.com to find information on other episodes and definitely to download the resources from today's episode. And uh, you can build your own financial dashboard. And if you find yourself stuck on this one, here's the first thing I'm going to advocate. Call up uh, an accounting professional and uh, if you don't have one, um, I talked about an episode one with Chelsea, some specific uh, strategies for that. Get some referrals for um, accounting professionals, uh, ideally licensed CPAs. They just have a broader, more comprehensive knowledge of the discipline and specifically asking them about managerial accounting, financial accounting for a business. It's a big difference between that and tax accounting um, when it comes to uh, the usefulness in today's subject anyway. So reach out to a professional, have them help you build this. If, if there are gaps in your knowledge, a lot of courses you can take out there to just get, again, just a rudimentary knowledge of finance. Nobody's asking you to become a CPA yourself. You just need to be informed and educated enough on the high level competencies so that you can delegate to another professional who is an expert in the subject matter and get them to provide you with what you need. If you have just this, this basic minimum requisite competency, we like to call it, if you have that, then you'll know that they're giving you the information that you need and then you can proceed on with informed decisions. So uh, short of that, if there are other disciplines or other uh, aspects to what you're looking for, maybe you already have an account, but you want to take a deeper dive on this, 
by all means, uh, going to clearobstacles.com, reach out to me and uh, set something up and we can book a time to have a conversation. Meantime, good luck to you and onward. We're always interested in hearing who our listeners are. So if you have any feedback, you have any ideas, or even if you'd like to be a guest on the Clearing Obstacles podcast, please reach out to us. Again, that's at clearingobstacles.com. And again, thanks for listening. We hope you've gotten the value you were looking for on today's episode. If you want more like this, please scan the QR code that you'll find on the show notes or go to clearingobstacles.com for more information. There, you'll find links to other episodes as well as how you can get in touch with us to set up your own customized coaching experience on a regular basis to clear your own obstacles. Your business should serve your life and uh, let us help you get there from here because nobody should do this on their own. We want to thank you for listening and gratefully acknowledge everyone who helped make this podcast possible. And a special thanks to our supreme assistant and navigator, Noah Wertheiser, to Arctic E for the brilliant musical themes of Clearing Obstacles, and to the team at Hivecast for your amazing work and legendary patience. Thanks for listening.